about anchor it's easiest way to make a podcast let me explain so it's free it's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcast and many more you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place and guys it's super easy i use the same platform Hi everyone we welcome you to our podcast channel we relearn as we have promised earlier we have come up with something very interesting exciting challenging and ever engaging topic called leadership to discuss on this topic we have a special guest today who is a personal growth hacker a leadership development coach and an author he has written a wonderful book called mind growing leadership his name is mark so mark we welcome you to having a discussion on leadership with our podcast channel we relearn so without wasting much of your time let's hop on to our chapter so we are meeting here today to discuss some few few of the aspects of leadership so where mm-hmm. we will be uh, having a few set of question and answers so we'll be we'll be asking you few set few questions regarding leadership few basic basic questions basic we we just wanted to know the basic aspects of leadership So I have Karthik with me. Uh, hi Mark. Uh, hi Abhishek. Uh, welcome Mark to the podcast and thanks so much for taking a Sunday morning out to talk to us. Uh, we really appreciate it. And looking forward to hearing from you on uh, on leadership which I think is um is be- is becoming more and more and more critical uh, in in the times that we are in. Yeah. So th- thanks for inviting me so uh, really uh, really great to be here so uh, cool sure so before we could start let me introduce uh, mark to all of you so basically uh, i mean i know mark from quite a few months now i mean it's going to be a year uh, soon and mark is basically a leadership coach a personal growth hacker and he is an excellent human being so thank you mark welcome you again thank you I feel honored. You know it's it's our honor. It's our honor our pleasure to Thank have you. you. Thank you. Okay. So we can start our session. So Karthik, do you have you want to start with your question? Sure. Um yeah, maybe Mark uh, we could start with with your journey, uh, you know, uh, leadership and coaching leaders, you know, is a is a quite a niche area so uh, how did you kind of get involved in this area if you could kind of bring our audience and us uh on how you came to start working in this area and what you know what drives you and what drove you in the first place yeah okay uh, good um so i i'm a clinical uh, psychologist as a background and uh, already at the university I I started to work as a kind of spin-off uh company for for the university combining it with research in leadership assessment. Um you know it was the moment that uh, assessment centers uh, became very uh, popular and that means that you try to estimate leadership potential uh, by use of all kind of practical exercises like you know uh, role playing uh uh presentation exercises group exercises so to real to estimate the real behavioral potential 
of young leaders. Um, and uh, yeah, from there on, I, I got very excited about uh, leadership because I started to work for uh, big companies already, you know, working at that university. And we combined it also with research. And um, so very, very soon, you know, I saw that leadership is so important. Uh, it is uh, it is so essential in, in the lives of so many people. And uh, somewhere, you know, in, in my heart, I think it, it would also be good uh, to, to be able in a society and in companies to do it without leadership, you know, that you have self-steering teams. Uh, but I still see that leadership is needed. Um, I, I think as a humankind, we are not at the moment that we can do it without leadership. I think once it will, it will happen. Uh, but if you see, uh, you know, how the impact of a leader on the happiness and the well-being and, and also the results within each team and each company, uh, it is crucial. So that that is my mission. My mission is to help companies uh, creating productive, but also happy teams, departments and companies. So that, that is really important for me. It's not, it's about results, but it is uh, equally important um, uh, to pay attention to the well-being of people working in companies. So that, that's a bit in a nutshell. And then I start working, you know, for, uh, uh, I, I had a leadership function of my own in, in a big consultancy company in, um, in the Netherlands. Uh, but for, for most of the time, I worked as an independent consultant and I worked for companies like uh, uh, IKEA, for example, is a very big uh, account for us. And we work for them in the Netherlands, but also internationally in different parts of the world. Uh, companies like Danone, Philips, Monsanto. So that are the companies where I uh, was engaged to, uh, to, to do leadership development, but also executive coaching for different leaders. I don't know if that answers the questions a little bit. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. And uh, thanks, Mark. Uh, it does clarify. And and what you are saying, if I understand it, is it, the leader's journey is also very important for you uh, in the influencing process. Uh, you know exactly they are in their journey vis-a-vis -vis, uh, yeah. organization's journey as well. Yeah. So if the leader is not convinced of, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, and, and um, so I see leadership uh, and influencing is, is for me uh, a lot alike, you know, because uh, leadership is, is, is getting influence. So in, in the sense, I'm also um, convinced that a lot of people say, you know, leadership is not a position, but it, it's a behavior, mm -hmm. it's a role, it's a, you know, it's, it's everyone can be a leader. Uh, so a lot of people who are top executives are no leaders. Uh, and some people, you know, working on the floor and, and uh, doing all kinds of operational stuff sometimes are very, very strong leaders. Um, right. but, but perhaps interesting um, because in, in my book, I developed a kind of tool that allows leaders to take this kind of leadership approach. And in, in that tool, I, I say, you know, uh, it, it's called the leadership ABCs. Uh, and the idea is that you can be that community creating uh, leader uh, when you when you go away from micromanagement because micromanagement is very frustrating for people. Um, but, but when you as a leader you focus on three big things, 
and that are the ABCs. That the first is ambition. You know, um, you cannot be a leader if you don't have a place to go. You know, I, I think right. leadership for me the, the the definition is becoming more and more uh, guiding people to a better place uh, in all meanings of the words. Uh, so you need a kind of ambition. Uh, the B is standing for boundaries, in the sense, don't try to control people with with too many rules and and procedures and you know that everything is framed and everything is boxed, but try to see boundaries boundaries as making a kind of playing field where you put down the key principles, the key values that needs to guide the behavior of people but large and broad yeah so not in detail but key principles key values that are the boundaries and then finally you know if you have that playing field let people play um, but when they are pl playing i mean working of course and creating uh, then you have to coach them and you have to build a good culture where people can connect uh, work together uh, learn from each other look for each other uh, to, 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 to get information those kind of things. So ambition, boundaries as a broad playing field, coaching and culture. That I think if, if you use this kind of structure to shape your leadership, that, that you can make a big step. Uh, yeah, that's that sounds fantastic. I'm taking away those three letters now. Uh, Mark, thank you. Uh, to, to think more about it, I think it makes complete sense uh, what you're saying. Uh, okay. uh, Abhishek, Maybe some, some specific thoughts that you have around it. Uh, correct, correct. Some questions. Sure, sure, Karthik. So, Mark, I mean, see, uh, what uh, based on what I've heard from you, so just wanted to know, I mean, what challenges usually you face when you when you start, I mean, see, when you start training or coaching a leader. See, they already because they already have a mindset that we are a leader. So, yeah. what exact challenges? and what level of uh, complexity of the challenges that you face across your journey? Um, I, I think it's a, it's a super good question um, and a super interesting question because I think mindset is important. Um, and to be honest, I started from the, from the observation that uh, a lot of companies are still uh, based on Taylorism. I, I, I don't know if Taylor is a known person uh, for your audience. I, I suppose he is. Um, but you know, it was in the 19th, 19th century when industrialization began. Taylor was one of the most interesting psychologists in, in an uh, industrial environment. But he built the whole mindset of you know, we have to standardize everything. We have to control everything. We have to measure everything. So we have to box everything. And at that moment, it was a, it was the right thing to do. So nothing wrong with that. Um, but a lot of companies are still working according to that mindset. And, and we call it often a blue mindset. You know, we make a difference in our work between a blue mindset and a red mindset. And uh, the blue mindset is you know, everything has to be structured, organized, measured, detailed, etc., planned. Um, and the red mindset is more, uh, a company is more organic. You know, you, you have to have connections. Uh, there are different parts that, that, that interchange with each other. It's more flowing. It's more uh, growing. And, 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 you know, you cannot plan it. You cannot 
decide if I push this button, then this will happen. Um, and, and that is my biggest challenge, you know, if you really um, if, if you really want to go to the type of leadership I am, I am uh, supporting, then often you have a lot of senior leaders with a blue mindset still, you know, they are raised in that, uh, in that uh, psychology of Taylor as uh, seeing companies as a machine. Um, and then it is a challenge to convince something who has really a blue mindset that also a red, red approach could work. And uh, I learned something very interesting from, uh, from a colleague of mine a few years ago. And he said, you shouldn't try, you know? Uh, why trying to convince someone with a blue mindset that, that, he, would, that he needs to take a, um, a red approach? The better way to go is to ask a question, not, not to convince people with arguments, but to ask a question. And the, the question he formulated was, if you think that planning and control is working, give me a few examples of the projects or, or you know, are the cha mainly changes in, 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 you know, because a lot of companies at this moment are, are trying to change their culture because they, they notice that they need more flexibility, more agility, uh, you know, more customer focus. Um, and then the question is, uh, can, you, can you show me a few of those blue manufactured organized plans that led to big results in changing mentality and culture and outcome? Um, and to be honest, if you do that, uh, not often you get a positive answer. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting to know. I mean, I thought usually See, based on my understanding, based on my observation, right? So what I what I have understood is usually, I mean, coaching a leader or maybe training a leader, changing their mindset mindset could be a daunting task altogether. Yes, you're right, and 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 I think, but it's also part of my uh, my convictions that um, I I don't like convincing. Um, I, I like it, you know, and I don't like it because. Um, um, you know, um, I think it's so important to start with uh, what is key for the person uh, himself, herself. Um, you know, and, and sometimes to, to reframe it. I, I like a lot of the tool of reframing things, you know, because if, if, if someone has a kind of core value, which is control, for example, you know, you, you want to have a control on your world and that is a, it's almost a human instinct. Um, and for some people, it was a very important value that they built uh, when growing up, uh, coming from their parents or whatever. So sometimes I say, you know, okay, control is good. You know, you, you, you don't have to change your key value. Control is good. But perhaps when you were a child, control was doing everything uh, to perfection, you know, and being prepared for everything. Uh, now, when you're grown up and you're in a senior leadership position, having control is perhaps something different, you know, than doing everything and knowing everything. So control is more, uh, you know, having control on certain big outcomes or some, uh, or some big processes. So I, I think it, it, is sometimes, it is more effective to reframe, uh, to leave the, the core of the value 
uh, that, that's okay, but to reframe it into another behavior. And, and that often works very good, you know, because a lot of people who, who became leaders, you know, another thing is um, uh, being active, you know, people are often chosen uh, as a leader because they, they are active, they have responsibility, they have a certain dominance. Um, but once they become a leader, it often works against them because they make other people passive. You know, if, if you are too, too active, too dominant, then people are always waiting for instructions after a while. You build a kind of pattern. So again, you know, being active is not, is not a problem. So if you think, okay, I have a lot of responsibility. I want to arrange things. That is okay. But I think it's good to see how can you reframe it? You know, what is being, what was being active when you were a child? What should being active now as a leader on which topics? should you be active and on which topics should you be more following um, and that is the core of my concept you know that i say uh, as a leader please be more active on the ambition and the playing field and then be more following and give people more space to find their own uh, solutions uh, because that is motivating for people so that's that's really good so karthik your turn i mean you have any question yeah, yeah. So I was just, I think that's fascinating. Uh, Mark, one question that comes to mind is uh, uh, you were earlier, you know, mentioning um, the, the, you know, in the ABC, the culture of the organization. So, and you also mentioned that, you know, leadership is not really, uh, you know, it's, it's independent of the level you are at or the role that you're playing. Uh, now, in a lot of organizations, we see sometimes uh, uh, that maybe the, the, leadership at the top is, is uh, you know, has the mindset, the blue mindset that you were suggesting, and maybe the, there are a lot of leaders on the ground. Now, how do you, just as an example, but, but largely the question is, how do you, uh, or what do you tell organizations? How do they build this culture of leadership where you see uh, a lot of, you know, a few leaders that are sprawling up at the ground level, at the, at the you know, uh, operational levels, uh, but because of the larger culture of the organization, which may be more command and control, uh, you know, the culture doesn't kind of come up. So how, how do you advise companies to build this culture of leadership that kind of is more organic? Yeah, so um, I think in, in first instance, I think the, that 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 you have you need a connection with senior management, you know, in the sense that that they would like to have uh, or that they strongly believe in a culture mm -hmm. that's more organic. Um, and then, to be honest, I think that um, I think dialogue is very important. You know, uh, when you do mm -hmm. uh, a lot of leadership development programs. Um, and, and I think that leadership development program should be more of a dialogue, you know, not, not too much a kind of teaching, uh, you know, a teacher-pupil uh, relationship. But mm -hmm. even, you know, I'm working in companies with, with, with a group of leaders and then, and then I do have discussions now online a lot, you know, and uh, with small groups mm -hmm. of leaders. Um, and, and if you do it in the form of a, of a dialogue, 
you know, really in the sense of this is what I believe, what do you believe, uh, and, and you know, how, what do you want, uh, th that you have a much more in-depth uh, development uh, th than too much teaching or convincing. Uh, because if you talk to people and you get a kind of reflective dialogue, then people start to see that uh, leadership is more than... Because to be honest, a lot of leaders in, in this kind of framework, they are, they are a kind of super problem, problem solver, you know? Uh, I think the, the biggest part, <laughs> I think of leaders is still... Uh, solving problems and what I learned and what, 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 I, what I preach is leadership is not is, is giving problems, giving challenges and receiving solutions. Um, so if you as a leader are solving all the problems, then something is not okay. Uh, it, it, it is your team, your people that should be solving uh, the problems, uh, com coming with solutions. Um, but they notice that themselves, you know, if, if you start a dialogue uh, without blaming them, you know, without saying you have, because, because I think people are very, in general, people are very uh, resistant to, resistant to, you have to do it this way. You know, one, one, one other uh, uh, saying I use is that, and science says that, you know, you cannot teach anyone anything he does not want to learn from the age of seven, you know? So when you become seven, uh, you cannot learn anything you don't want to learn. Right. You know, so by talking to people, by really having a dialogue, uh, you can create a motivation to look at things in a different way. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's that's true. That's very true. Uh, one thing there, which I'm, I'm quite curious, uh, Marcus, you know, in your experience, how long does this process take? Because that's quite interesting. Because it's not a short process. You, you often have to. I, I am assuming, and it would be great to hear from you that yeah. obviously you have to kind of keep going back. Because uh, you know the point that you were talking about reframing. Um, while you reframe uh, from the perspective or the values of the individual uh, or the leader, uh, the leader also has to get that. And and sometimes it's not. I mean, there may be a there may be a lot of discussion, there may be a lot of dialogue, mm -hmm. but then sometimes you go back and there is a scenario that you you know it, it's also the uh, it's also the learning aspect of the leader, which means how does the you know how does a leader learn? Does he learn through dialogue? He or she learn through dialogue, or it is more experiential? You know, it's it's an individual also in in that way. How you know what is the mechanism learning that the individual has? So. Uh, Sometimes the dialogue may sow a seed, but then you don't see the fruition of the seed till uh, you put yourself in a in a situation. So I'm curious, kind of how long, on average, or you know, even in extremes, how long does this kind of process take? Um, it's definitely not a single dialogue. So yeah. Yeah, really good question because you know um, I, I try to focus on some key messages, but uh, it, of course it is a more complex story. You know, if if you um, if you look at a change of mentality or culture, you know, culture or mentality, um, it, 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 it it is connected to a lot of things. And um, I, I, I what was for me a very important insight is that. 
um, and this is this is, I find it a super strong one to be honest, um, is that a company or a leader does not get what he wants or she wants, but what he or she values. Um, and when you start looking at what people are doing in companies, then then you will notice that there often is a very very big difference. You know. Uh, most of, of, of the companies, they are saying, you know, what we want, we, we want leaders with vision, you know, with inspiration, mm -hmm. with connection with people that motivate people, that engage people. But then if you, that's what they want. Uh, if, if you see who are they, who they are promoting, so what are they valuing? Then nothing is sometimes, often, no, sometimes, very often, it is totally different. You know, they mm -hmm. are mostly promoting the people that ha that have the short-term results. Um, so, you know, if you if you really want to make a change in leadership, you also have to look at, uh, you know, what do we measure within the company? What do we value within the company? It's also uh, described in my book on, on a model about company culture. So what do we value? What do we measure? Uh, what is our control systems? Uh, who are the heroes in our company? Um, what are the symbols in our company? So you have some of the, also you have to, um, you know, it are levers you can use to try to change the companies. You know, you need other stories. Uh, you, may, you need other symbols. Um, so it is, of course, having a dialogue with leaders, but at the same time also trying to change the setting of the company. You know what uh, what is important within a company uh, and that's why it is if you really want to make a change uh, then you could do it in six to eight months um, so, so no, you know the idea that you could have a training of two days or three days and then make a big change idea but six yes. to eight months with with a full engagement of uh, of senior management, then you can then you can make a really big difference. Then you can make a really big difference. Okay. Is that I mean, an answer to the question? Yeah, because I think that's still a reasonable amount of time. It's not it's not that very long. It's well invested. But like you said, the senior management really has to be um, invested and focused into it. So that's that's definitely there. Yeah, I think and, and senior management, uh, I have a little bit of mixed feelings. I think the, 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 the CEO, you know, I think if you have the CEO, if you have some resistance in because uh, we have done uh, quite some uh, and still working on them, uh, cultural change programs within companies. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest success factor is the CEO who wants a different culture. Um, and then you can have a lot of people in, 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 in senior management, middle management, who are not behind it at the beginning. Uh, if you have the CEO on your side, that, that is the biggest uh, critical success factor, I think. Uh, because what, what also can be a good approach is, you know, um, stirring up the fire from beneath. Uh, I don't know if that's clear, but uh, what, we, what, what we do are... Uh, uh, what we call crowdsourced uh, mm -hmm. change programs, you know, right. where where you involve a lot of people in different places in the company to right. have again a dialogue and task forces to to work on what is happening with it in this company. What can we improve? 
um, but that are people on all levels. And once you have 30% of your people involved in this, so 20 to 30% involved in this, uh, then you see that, that everywhere in the company things start to happen. And, and that is what I mean with, you know, steering up the fire from beneath, uh, from, from the ground up. Uh, and then if you guide middle management and senior management in dealing with that, uh, that, that often creates a very nice uh, dynamic. Well, I think that that's quite, quite insightful. Um, and I like, I, li I like the concept of a, a crowdsourced uh, cultural program, a change in culture or change yeah. uh, management program. This sounds very interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it is, uh, it, it is amazing, uh, to be honest, also, you know, what, what I called with uh, the ABC, you know, that you get people more space for, uh, uh, to find their own solutions. Um, I, uh, just to give you an, what, what I always notice, you know, is, um, that when we do this in a company that, that senior management is always so surprised how much solutions people at lower levels can bring to the company. Mm -hmm. you know? Often I, I don't know why, but it, it, in their career, they forget, they, they seem to forget that so many people have so many very specific concrete ideas to improve a company. Um, and then, you know, when you, when you ask those people to, to join you in, in an improving dialogue, then senior management is, is so often so surprised uh, of the ideas that are put on the table uh, that's amazing you know that that is all, sometimes also a lot of shit if i can use that word i, I don't know if you, can, you can cut it perhaps but uh, uh you know people also give a lot of uh, problems uh, right. but they give, they give also a lot of uh, super good uh, solutions to be honest and I think uh, one indicator is all, if all the ideas, uh, or new ideas or uh, strategic ideas, uh, or at least the new ideas are coming from uh, just the top management, then then definitely definitely it's an indication of uh, a problem in the organization. Absolutely. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah. and you will you will need forever to get them realized, you know, because if you only. Yes. You always have to sell your solutions or push your solutions. Yeah, you you have to you have to stay you have to control you have to evaluate you have to measure uh, because people are not behind it and it's it, I yeah I think so many cases are lost cases. That's a bit in a nutshell. I hope that's uh, that's a bit clear. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Uh, thanks so much, Mark. So, Mark, you you touched upon a couple of things there. Uh, uh, is you know and you talked about the balance of uh, results or outcome versus uh, you know uh, happiness. Um, so how how does one uh, you know uh, maintain that balance? Because uh, we we do see uh, a lot of leadership and a lot of organizations driving towards outcome, um, and we we do see uh, some really good examples where that balance is maintained. But we also hear stories about you know toxic. Uh, you know, culture in, in organizations. So how, yeah. how one kind of, what are the drivers that are there for us to maintain this balance and how do organizations or leaders, um, uh, you know, how, how do you coach them to keep awareness of both these aspects? 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, um, it, it always starts with the leader himself or herself, you know, in the sense of uh, what is important. Um, and, and, and there is a little bit of a difference because, um, and, and for me, sometimes it is, you know, if I look at my own values, um, there sometimes is a kind of conflict, you know, because um, in, in a scientific way, you, you can convince mm -hmm. a lot of people that if you treat people well, or, or you can convince a lot of leaders, I, I wanted to say, that if yeah. you treat people well, that you get more motivation and more production. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, that is not enough, to be honest, you know, in the sense of, um, I, I think it's not, not, not correct to, to treat people well, just to get more production. Yeah? So mm -hmm. I, often, I often say to leaders, uh, if, if scientific research would show that treating people not well gives more production, then would you try to pester them? Uh, mm -hmm. And then, of course, everyone says, no, 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 we would not do that. Yeah. So, so I think it's the responsibility of a leader to, 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 to build a community within a company that is, that is mm -hmm. also uh, doing good for people. Um, but sometimes you have to start a convincing process. I think, you know, on the level, and there are there are a lot, there is a lot of research that shows, you know, that it's easier, that you get more results, that you get more production, that you get more communication, if uh, you spend attention to the well-being of people. Um, but to be honest, you know, I think I think most leaders want to. Uh, to, to, to tackle this approach, um, I think the, the bigger problem is often that uh, that sometimes companies are so what what you also said. I think they are so uh, focused on short-term results, mm -hmm. um, and those short-term results, which are there for for top executives, uh, that gives a lot of stress and they put it down. Uh, to other people in the, um, in the company. So, um, uh, but okay, you know, I, I think it is um, what I often do is also when I'm talking, coaching a, a leader uh, is making a connection, you know, I, and I think um, making that connection, uh, looking what is important for the person I coach, what is really the value, where, where is he coming from or where is she coming from and where is he, she at this moment. Uh, and then see, you know, well, what is possible. And, and then my experience is that a lot of people uh, in their heart, uh, they really want to make the shift to another kind of company, uh, but they just have to find the levers uh, to do that in, in, in a rapidly changing world and in, 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 in companies where the focus is on short term. That, that completely makes sense. Uh, Mark, I'm watchful of time and, and uh, you know, Abhishek's also reminding me of it. But one, one last question maybe for you. Um, you know, generally there's also a lot of pessimism in, uh, in the kind of leadership that we are seeing sometimes in, in the current times. Uh, so the question to you is, are you optimistic about the future uh, of leadership? And you talked about, you know, self-organizing teams, but leadership is still needed in the kind of world we are in. We are also in this, um, you know, the current year, you know, is, is probably the one that we've least expected in the in the last few decades, I think. It's come, come as a complete uh, surprise for many of us. 
uh, and for many millennials and others, this is their first major crisis, um, mm. their lives, uh, so to say. Uh, so to say. So, are you optimistic? And, and if so, you know, what are your thoughts, and, and why? Why do you think? To be honest, I'm super, super optimistic. Um, you know, because my biggest experience is that 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 um, that that so many people are how, how can I say it are are imprisoned. <laughs> um, you know, I I think a lot of leaders uh, mm -hmm. they they do stuff which which they are. Yeah, they do it because the system is pushing them uh, towards it. Right. Uh, but, but you know, when they talk about it and when you have that dialogue with them, you see that they that they have the the will and the energy to do it in a different way. And even you know, with with some, um, yeah, even when when working with those very strict blueprint leaders, that once. Mm -hmm. That, that you that you start to talk with them and that you give them a little bit freedom to be themselves um, that you see that there is another person behind um, and once we can see for some key people that this you know if you free all those people I think it's freeing you know you have to free them uh, and what if you can free those people that you get so much more energy you know that you get so much more energy and that you get so much more opportunities that it is amazing brilliant yeah really really happy to hear that you're very optimistic i think it helps uh, all of us uh, also kind of uh, look forward to the future um, i think uh, this was uh, one of the most insightful 30 minutes i've had uh, in the recent uh, time so thanks so much for that and uh, abhishek I anything yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Karthik. So, Mark, I mean, this was the great discussion that we have, and all of a sudden we realize. I mean, I have, I have a bunch of questions regarding your book. I mean, I guess all of you were not aware that Mark has written, uh, written and published a book, which is called Mind Growing, uh, Mind Growing Leadership, and that's an that that's an amazing book. I have read through that book almost three or four times, and I've gone through the Udemy course. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of your book, Mark. So I have certain questions regarding your book, but as we have time constraint, probably we may need to have another one more round of discussion with you in case if you are fine with it. Yeah, sure. Not today, of course, some other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah but, but overall, I mean, I agree with Karthik. I mean, we had a great and fruit, uh, very fruitful discussion today. I mean, most... Uh, I mean, the most productive discussion that we had in, we can have in 30 minutes. Yeah, super. Good to hear. I liked it. Thank you, Mark. So, so okay. Mark, I mean, Mark, as we, as we said, right, so we are not, not going to leave you in just 30 minutes. We may, I mean, we may utilize one more 30 minutes of your time. Okay, cool. Super. Looking forward to it. Thank you for hearing our fourth chapter on leadership. Very soon we are going to come up with the second and last chapter on this particular topic. Till then, have a happy holiday and stay safe. Thank you.